Welcome to Beer and a Movie, a podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. My name is Joe Hilliard, and I am joined weekly with two of my biggest beer brothers, Carlos and Dave. <laughs> I went the wrong way on you, purpose. You guys, yeah. both of you guys are doing this now that I've expressed my oh, distaste for okay. I'm uh, not trying intentionally. But... It's like in Silicon Valley, the spaces versus tabs. Oh. That's an after hours call. Well, I don't want to fire, so I'll go clockwise <laughs> next time. Uh, We're talking about two big films and two, I hope, great beers. Hopefully, and oh my God, I will be damned if we get to that minute mark without talking, to, getting our glasses wet. Oh, just oh, right under the, <laughs> right Ooh, under the wire. Nice. Uh, so we are returning to Modest Brewing Company. They are out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I am going to say, David, what do you think? We've had them twice before. I would say at least. I'm I feel say like twice, I've maybe messed three up times. the pronunciation of their name because I always want to go Modest and like no Modest. Yeah, uh, and this is a beer that seems to me to be as over the top as the film we are going to be discussing. It is called Frutropolis, and it is a passion fruit, raspberry, pineapple, double, fruited, imperial, smoothie, sour. (laughs) There are words and words and words. It is 8%. Love it. And it also uh, didn't mention this in the name of it, but it, it does have some lactose in there. And it comes with a free dipped cone at Dairy Queen <laughs> yeah. with every can. Let me give this guy a roll. So you guys that... are right. We had modest twice on the show. Ooh. Bing, bing, bing. Nice. I think the second time was when we really nailed down the pronunciation of their name. And, w- and what were the beers we had? I'm... Uh, back in episode 126, we had their No Save Point. Oh, yeah. New England IPA. We watched that along with If Beale Street Could Talk. Run the Jewels collab. That's right. And then prior to that, four episodes prior, 122, we had their Shook Guava Milkshake IPA. Oh, yeah. With that really, really memorable can art. I do remember. Gosh, great can art on this one, too. That was with Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Ever. Sometimes, always. Always. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so. You're rolling the can around on the, which, on the table, it's, Carlos. It's, it's upside, it's upside down. I'm trying to get it. A film that we held in high regard in 2020, but did not necessarily get the love from the award season. No. Uh, which that, is officially over, thank God. Which it is. Yeah. And we are going to be doing a, a deeper dive uh, on our After Hours episode. So if you're not on that Patreon, hit up uh, patreon.com slash beer and movie podcast. Um, that's where you can find our full Oscars discussion. But I'd be remiss if we did not discuss it in any length whatsoever on the episode. We need to so address it. David, Joe, in whatever order you prefer, I want to hear what was your most satisfying win or your biggest point of contention as far as like a loss or a snub goes and 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 it could be someone that didn't even get nominated as far as something that you're peeing yeah. about go ahead I can all right go. so i mean my favorite win the the one who i don't even knew, know if i realized how much i wanted the win when it happened and certainly based on the acceptance speech i i was even happier with it Chloe Zhao, mm-hmm. um, for director. I mean, I knew it was the right move. Mm-hmm. I knew it was the right. It, she did an amazing job. I wanted to see that film get the recognition. I wanted mm-hmm. to see her in particular get the recognition. And her speech was just perfect. She, you know, didn't turn it into a laundry listing of all the people who, you know, she felt obligated to thank. Instead, she made this statement about 
what she does and in her work and that the, totally perfectly summed up what she did so i i'm so happy with her win you expect the news feed today to be clogged with oscar talk sure and uh, some of the criticisms come out of it they move that mess the best picture placement right. they um yeah with for what for what people are saying was a very anticlimactic climax when mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins wasn't in attendance. I mean, there's a lot to unpack about that the Oscars very, last night. That was a very, very awkward series of yeah. events at yeah. the end of the telecast. From a production standpoint, I'm sure we'll talk about it all. Um, my favorite win of the night was uh, Daniel Kalia. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, Strong win. For, for when you consider the nominees in that category, the proper choice, that's who I would vote for when I daydream about being an Oscar He did voter. a great job with Fred Hampton. We all loved his performance. Yes, and uh, his speech, though. Yeah. And I would also give it to the Best Supporting Actress, uh, Young Jung. Help me. Oh, gosh. Oh, I, I got it right here. For Minari. Uh, Young Jun Yoon. Yeah. I'm glad they won for the speeches they gave for the televised performance that True. is called yeah, the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Both of their speeches were just incredible. But uh, Kaluuya's, I mean, was just fantastic. And one of my favorite <laughs> lines... Are you going to quote about his parents? Yeah. No, no, that was great. That <laughs> I was great. It. I, I mean, it. he... I, you could tell he's a great actor and someone had helped him devise... If you if you win, say something like this, throw in a, a just a just slightly inappropriate joke for network television. Not at all. Yeah. But I mean, just, you know, a sex joke. But um, when they say divide and conquer, we say unite and ascend. Mm-hmm. And then going on to say, we have a lot of work to yeah. do, or I think he said that up top. It was just a great, great yeah. speech and a great moment in an otherwise rocky... We'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you said that, because that was my favorite one as well. Yeah. Um, but my biggest point of contention, uh, something that really grinded my gears, and I feel like you guys will be able to see it coming, uh, was uh, Soul beating out Tenet for best score. Yes, this is Carlos, the producer, cutting in while recording. That yes, I know that Tenet was not nominated for score, and I'm also mad about that. So before you go blowing up our spot about how Soul can't beat something that wasn't even nominated, I know it wasn't nominated, and I'm still mad about that. Resume the podcast. Hmm. Found it absurd. I mean, I I it knew that would be the lock going you. into the broadcast. I I know, but I don't necessarily agree with that. I saw the film; it was fine. Yeah, it was good. I guess. Score. I mean, it wasn't the transcendent. Ma- I mean, everyone always wants to put his pic- It was Pixar, right? I'm not yes. making that up. Everyone wants to put Pixar in this like I holy need to pantheon. Watch it again. I I feel of, like I need to watch it, it was, for the first time. Yeah. It was fine. I mean, I, I knew when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is gonna win everything, and it doesn't really deserve it. Uh, not that, not that I have a strong feeling about any animated feature. I'm sure, fine animated feature, take it, yeah, go with it. It was good enough, you know. Right. Uh, but come on, well, come I on, mean, son. at least now Trent Reznor has beaten Stanley Kubrick for a number of Oscars, so that's <laughs> a good thing. Is right. it? Oh wait. <laughs> no, but you know, it's. It, I'm, I'm mostly against Trent Reznor doing things in general. Oh, uh, see, I'm not. So I, I, I like the Social Network score. I think that deserved the the credit it got. I think yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It. I mean, yeah. The, we we will expand. Oh, I've upon got so this. much more to say. Sure, about this but I know. I know. But you brought up, and so I do want to address that 
ending sequence just briefly uh-huh. on, on the main. On the main? On the main. You're mainlining right now. But to me, uh, you know, I, I'm totally with the camp that they were assuming, you know, Soderbergh, the people putting this together were assuming that uh, Bozeman was going to get sure. that statue. And the fact that it didn't, that whole ending just blew up in their faces, unfortunately. And unfortunately for the whole, like, flavor that the telecast left, which I think did a lot of good things leading up to there, even if it wasn't a perfect telecast by any stretch. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's my take. It, 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 was it reported today that Anthony Hopkins was asleep in bed yeah. when he won? Yeah, I saw, I saw he, some... He filmed uh, a video in the morning. Yeah, I, I saw don't know if it. you watched it. I yeah. did, and uh, he gave a proper shout-out to Bozeman. I mean, even he assumed sure. Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. well, a lot more to say. You know, talking about talking about all these films um, from the last year. Um, I speaking of the last year, I also made my first foray into cinemas, which we will also talk about on the after hours. So if that's two out a, of three. Excited that's to hear a, about that. It's my turn. T- type of thing that interests you. I've got some scalding hot takes to go with that story oh, as well. So, I've not heard uh, these stay tuned. takes. No, so. I haven't talked. I didn't talk to either of you about it no. at all. I mentioned to David what I was going to go see, and that is it. Well, let's try to not but, get into a fight between now and then, <laughs> so that we can enjoy the hot takes I, appropriately. I find well, it. I find it unlikely that will happen. Uh, but I do, did do not. You know? I did not go see the film that we are about to talk about. No, I knew that. Uh, I did not go see that because we are talking about a new release this week. We're back to the new. You release. could have gone to the theater for this one. I could have. I, I could did. have, and you did. I know you did. Um, You're just so, back in business. So, so what? What did you go to the theater to see, David? What do we, I mean, give us the synopsis of the film that we're going to be talking about. Okay, so uh, <laughs> this is a little obscure. I hate to throw these kind of titles out. To, sometimes I feel like we it's challenge our film. audience. You know, it's like, but sometimes they need to be challenged. So mm-hmm. listeners, this is, you know, <laughs> Dr. Gurney prescribing you some film viewing that you must take in in the near future. Film with a capital F. Film with a capital F, right? Cinema. Uh, b- this really should be the beer in a cinema cinematic experience podcast anyhow i I'm, I'm dragging it out what we are talking about today is the 2021 release originally slated for 2020 mortal Kombat, a a revival a reboot of the uh remake the film series which itself was an adaptation of a video game series um yeah. have there been two there's been one line of films cut off and now this is the new one right there hasn't been three I think what what there was one or two from the original run in like what was that the eighties? No, it was no 90s, it was since the nineties into the two thousand. No, because Mortal really? Kombat, I mean, really kind of took off. Took off early nineties. I thought. You're I right. thought the for the some game. reason I the thought, game. I mean, for some reason I thought the first film was like late eighties, but yeah, I, I, I know that I'm wrong. Mortal Kombat was what Sega Genesis. That was the system I played it on. I okay. know it was a, it was an arcade game. Yeah, it was I also, bought. Yeah. I finally bought a Sega Genesis, but I was at a weird age when you know when that first gaming boom occurred, and it did not hit like my two three year friend group. Right, but except for one, who when he came back uh, to the to to go to the same school as I for his masters, he had a Sega, Gen- Sega Genesis. And he played Mortal Kombat. He loved it. And wow. I, I tried. 
the button combinations, I just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> but I enjoyed watching him when he'd find some new thing where a fireball would incinerate or, you know, yeah. the, the head would be torn on, right. a torso no, would be torn from the body. gratuitous uh, Violence fatality. At the time, certainly, in game, in like mainstream gaming. Yes. I asked him, are you excited about this movie? Because I remember you being a Mortal Kombat head. Yeah. And he, he did watch it, and we'll talk about that maybe Okay, later. interesting, interesting. So I was not a... I did, didn't give a fuck about this. Hadn't seen any other franchises. Right. I was going to go in on purpose with the attitude. Yeah. Tell me what... Show me what... Are you bringing to a new viewer the proper amount of, of explanation? Good, okay. yeah, right. That And that's how you should probably mm-hmm. view it. I mean, I think... To me, Mortal Kombat, yes, I had my experience playing it. Now I'm a little bit younger than you, so I was more like a preteen on, on the verge of my teenage years. Yeah. Getting that experience with it as this ultra-violent imagery in video gaming, and it was exciting for, you know, I mean, that's made for 13-year-old boys. Yeah, totally. I was, you know? Yeah. So... I definitely enjoyed it, but I did not follow it as a franchise. I didn't. I know like other iterations have come out over the years. They've actually built more story. I think early, when I was playing it, I remember it simply as a you know combatant there, to combatant fighting game. There right? was story I mean, in the first ones though, a, a bit. But I mean, it was mostly but to nobody, get to those. Nobody scenes played where, those things. Right, you like, could just play fight mode or yeah, whatever. Everyone yeah. just went over to whoever's friend had. The game, who's mm-hmm. whoever's, whichever friend's parents let them buy the game, you right. all went over there and you literally just fought each other for hours. And right. Hours in. That that was my experience. Yeah. So I didn't put it, but I knew that there had been these. I, I'll say, you know, full admission here, I've not seen any of the prior no. Mortal Kombat. I haven't films. either. And I really oh, okay. wanted. Wow. To, I really so we're wanted all to on the same page. Well, I, I really wanted to watch the original uh, bef- before we talked about this one. Uh, but I just didn't. I just didn't have the time. It's been a fucking week, which we'll <laughs> talk about in the after hours, I'm sure. But is a plot um, synopsis required? Well, I don't know. But it, I was gonna say that I wanted to watch the original because, to me, from what I can tell about the original, and I'm sure someone will yell at us in the comments or whatever. Please do. Please do. The original sucks, and people like it for nostalgic purposes. It hit their spot in age. Like they... it's the same reason why today I'll rewatch Joel Schumacher's 1997 action epic Batman and Robin. Oh, That's a okay. fucking shitty movie, right but I watched it a lot as a kid. Yeah, and it's funny and it's campy and it's stupid, but it's like it's comfort food. Good, bad. You, you, it's, you can go it, back to it anytime. I, yeah. I, I get where you're coming from, and and I think you're probably right. I never saw it. I remember hearing positive things about it at the time, but it was probably because most of the people I knew had played the game like I had and had yeah, that right. kind of built-in interest in it. So Well, they're clearly trying to start a new thing here. Like, let's go Right, big because they into, were happy. They wanted these movies yeah. and then they kind of petered out. Was let's the original R-rated? Yes. I believe it was, okay. though from from what I understand at least in all the marketing of this, they're definitely pushing that they've gone further than any of those prior movies did with the violence that with you found gore, in the game. I think, yeah. yeah. But you're right, Joe. I mean, like, what kind of plot synopsis do you need? You need an excuse for people to fight. And the idea is that there are these two, I mean, we know at least two realms exist, right? Earth, or what they call Earth World, or Earth, Earth, Earth Realm. Earth Realm. Oh, yeah. And Outworld, right? Which is just this other realm. Parallel we, universe of some We kind. don't get a whole lot of description of why these yeah. exist, or how people travel But you need lightning them. bolt powers to get between the two. You do need to be a demigod yeah. or something right. to be able to do it. Yeah. Lightning <laughs> bolt powers, yeah. <laughs> um, Am I wrong? It's what, right. it's what but, it 
there's in the games there's six realms just in case anyone that's what I thought Shit, I think the realms sequels, expand man. but in this film we really only touch upon two yes. right so yeah, there's a rich two. universe here to be uh, un, unearthed in cavers if you yeah. will uh, and so and what we know is that you know early on in the film we learn that there are these regular tournaments over the course of time although we don't know what the intervals are exactly there have been they're leading up to the 10th one and there's a group of combatants from earth realm and then a group from outworld that come together and fight in a tournament right and, and it determines who i guess holds sway eventually if one wins more than the other they get to take over the other realm and that's what they're on the precipice of here right outworld is about to be able to take over earth realm and just enslave everybody there and use it for whatever evil stuff they want to use it for all of the cool non-human fighters from the video game live right. in outworld Yes. Yes. Yeah. All the, all and the, on Earth, all the monsters. there's a ragtag group of dysfunctionals. Well, that's it, right? I mean, it seems like there was a time where Earth Realm had like a a real program around this, and maybe had some fighters that were training, but that fell apart somehow. I'd love to see the backstory on that. We don't get. I, any I think of you're it. going to. Maybe did the actually they do mention three realms? I forgot because they talk about the guy from the beginning. Hiroshi, oh fuck, what's his name? Uh, Hanzo, Has, Has, yeah, Hanzo, Hanzo Hasashi, yeah, being sent to Nether Realm. So there is Nether a reference. Realm. Okay, to that's the third right. Realm. That's a third space. You yeah. know this. You're right. You're right. We don't spend a lot of time there. It's no, it's no. kind of described as hell. Yes. Now yeah. is, you get a brief shots. Of which them. realm did the prologue where Hanzo is killed? That's Earth. Earth. Realm. That's Earth. That's what I thought. Yeah, okay, I'm Earth. with it. I'm with it. Now he's he's one of the humans. Yes. And he has a bloodline, right? Uh -huh. Very important bloodline, right? Um, but but these humans are born and they're sort of like naturally or supernaturally selected as these combatants by getting this mark on their bodies. But somehow, again, the program broke down in Earth Realm. Nobody's paying attention anymore. Like, who are these people? They've all fallen into obscurity, right? We if have you some... kill a human with a mark on their body, yeah. you get to take the mark yourself. Well, that's true. That's part of, the, that's part of how I this works. I learned a lot watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it really explains a lot of these birthmarks I've picked up over the years. Right. Now that I've and seen all the, of movie, the murdering you've been doing. Well, that, I, I wasn't going to be blatant about it, but thank you. Yeah. So anyhow, we Joe's right. Because the program's falling apart, this movie is sort of about building up that Earth team, getting ready for the tournament. Of course, the the cadre of uh, uh, <laughs> yes, right. The cadre of combatants from. Outworld are being told to break all rules to just destroy them even before yes. a tournament can happen. Um, because precisely there is this, uh, you know, prophecy that the bloodline of Hanzo Hasashi is going to rise up again and defeat the Outworld combatants. Yeah. Woo. Woo. That's, you know, it's, they pack a lot of plot they in. They really do. They do. But, yeah, they do. It, and it's funny because it's just like, Boom, said it, done, moving on. You yeah. know, it's just like, f fuck you if you care to have this explained to you. We said what it was. We don't need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Carlos, Let's go. I can Do you mind if I go that. first? I, go, go I, I could, I would love it. I am going to prolong a, a long, an episode's long conversation on this show about the rules and the universe, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. And so... From the beginning of this movie, Joe there, has very thorough notes. There are no <laughs> rules. There are no rules in this movie. So, so David, in a movie it's like necessarily true, Godzilla vs. Kong, yeah, that is based in science with all the scientists running around. I mean, the universe that you create has to make sense, unless everything is magic. 
and there are no rules. And once that's presented, and it is from the very beginning on this movie, it's easier for me to check my brain at the door. Yeah. yeah. And enjoy it for the cinematic fluff that it is. We need to change so is that name. how you felt? It, you felt it was enjoyable cinematic fluff? I like this movie a lot. I, oh, good, I, I kind good. of liked this movie very much. And when, <laughs> with the universes that are being like pummeled upon us, uh-huh. I could see myself being more eager to watch this over Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, this over the next coming to America, but, but I might go oh, see certainly the next. anything over the next <laughs> coming to America. I'm just talking about I mean, the bigger God. budget films that have slipped through this COVID sure, screen. Yeah, and if you're going to give us mindless entertainment, th- this was about as mindless as it was. Mm-hmm. But goddamn, there were so many fun elements to this film. I'll leave it there for now. Wow, I'm ready, David. Lay it on, lay it on me. Finish him. <laughs> I I have a more mixed reaction to the film than you do, Joe. I'm kind of surprised. When David that told you're... me that he went and saw it in the theater, he was like, "Maybe I shouldn't have." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, you said too much." And he was like, oh. "Yeah, y'all telegraph." He was like, those "Little flirtations at well, the record no, store." I, it's just like an episode of High Fidelity. I, well, I had the just come I, from there. He had, I, he, had, he had just come from there, and the reason I bring it up is went to because go see your boyfriend at that at at that point. Like by the time that David had finished the film and had come to the record store, he couldn't have given less of a fuck about this movie. He was just like, I don't need. I'm going to say whatever about. It. I don't. Fucking uh, okay, care. this is going to be now, fascinating that may, because that may it was, have come across more strong than I even meant. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it was. Funny. I'd be curious about that because you were very much not very much, but you were much a fan of Godzilla versus Kong, and I put this. I was in the, the apologist same, of, of the three. Yeah, of I put this I in the, the same category. It's. That was pretty Mine close with So I put it in the similar category, okay. too. And I'm going to tell you that right here, right now, I have to acknowledge that part of this is we've chosen to do like three weeks of action-oriented stuff kind of back to back to back. And I think I'm reaching a certain limit with how much <laughs> I want to see that. Yeah. And I kind of want something that has turns into different gears. So I think part of it was just personal. We're not doing Transformers next week? <laughs> oh, I think part of it was just personal headspace that I was in when I was going into it. I wanted the charge that I got out of um, Godzilla versus Kong. I wanted the sort of the stepping up of that, seeing Nobody, which I think is a superior film Agreed. and I really enjoyed seeing yeah. in the theater. And then to go from that to Mortal Kombat, I felt like it was a step back down. And I'm going to say part of it was... I don't have a problem with it. You know I don't. Like, I'm not the guy who gets hung up on rules. So I'm happy to check the brain at the door in, the the, in these fantasy universes if I'm going to go into it. And I, and I consent on that. Uh, I think where I had the trouble with this film, it was where it wanted me to take it a little more seriously with the drama. I did not find, uh, you know, who was that main character? That Scorpion's grandson or great great grandson or whatever. Great 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 grandson. Yeah. But what's it? What's his? I can't remember the character's name. Cole. Cole. Yeah. Cole Young. I did not get that. That character did not come across to me. It was sort of weirdly written too. Miscast actor. Pretty boy. Oh, he's like a. I mean, it's kind of perfect. He's a on the edge of being washed up boxer. Or MMA fighter, like yeah, having MMA this MMA fighter, and then like so he when, does have a background. Right, in, but then when right. when they're like, oh, you have the thing, you're in this. He's like, why me? I'm not a fighter. You are literally a fucking fighter. That's yeah, what you. Literally, it made no sense. Like he didn't. I don't know. They didn't connect the character. Yeah. yeah anyway, no. He so, his, his was strangely the worst character. Now yeah. this is exactly what I said not to do with Godzilla versus Kong. But the reason why I get hung up with hung up on it here is because. I, when they did it well, it worked really well. Kano yeah. was well written. Yeah. They got a perfect 
I don't know that actor uh, very well other than from this role, Josh Lawson. Um, you know, in that role, the lines were perfect, had some of the best one-liners. It was just like bang, bang, bang. Had anytime, a character arc. Yeah, anytime he was on screen, I was entertained. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying it. The fights we get, sequences are good. But that whole emphasis on Cole and his family and and what was going on there didn't didn't pick up and so it felt like it was pulling me away from just pure enjoyment of silliness he he was just miscast a more uh, a guy with more gravitas could have pulled the whole thing off i think a little bit better including the pining for the relatives back at home uh kano protection was in bombshell he played uh one of rupert murdoch's kids James Murdoch. Okay, that uh, makes sense. Well, I'm assuming he's one of Rupert Murdoch's. Uh, yeah, no, he's been in stuff that I've seen. I just don't, he doesn't stand out Well, he looks so me. much different. I just yeah. looked at his uh, his photo. Um, yeah, Stephen Wynn, uh, as, as as this guy would have been great, as Cole Young. Stephen Wynn. Right, isn't isn't that how you say his last name? Or Yun? S- Stephen Wynn, yeah. Or, or from y- Minari? Yun, yeah. Yeah, I cast him as Cole Young. That would have been great. It could have worked. He's a better actor. Put, put him through the Hugh Jackman fitness regime. Uh-huh. You know, shred him did, uh, shred him up a little bit. He doesn't need that if he has the supernatural powers even. I mean, shred it a little, yeah. No, even. you want him to be, I mean, he's like, yeah, he's a fighter. You want him <laughs> When you he's, consider our second shape, film, you know? the physical well, form of the protagonist that can kick oh, much ass we'll is important. There. We'll get there. We'll get there later. Well, what it, but uh, it's still up in the air here. What did you think of this film? Mm, this movie fucks. Yeah, I, I, I pretty okay. much was sure that really? you were going to love it. I was a little bit uncertain. And I thought that we I was going to enjoy the idea that maybe we had that in common. I, I love the gore parts, I man. Thought, I they, thought that David and I were going to go at it over this one, but he his his distaste for it isn't as severe as I expected. Okay. And, and, and also, I don't like this movie enough to really fucking like, right. die on this hill or whatever. Right. But it was so funny. It was fun. Because I, I put it on, right? And one of the things that this movie does really well that I really like about it is that it fucking... When it, when it starts... Boom, Goes right let's go. It, yeah. We're That's straight true. in. Yep. There's fucking bad scenes. I like the prologue. Scenes. The prologue is pretty it's, cool. Yeah, it's, it's sick. They spent and some money on cinematography for the film. They, yeah. They, they, yeah. It, that ancient lore look of yeah. it all. It was, yeah. it was, that was very the nice introduction. The and, the, and the fight yeah. sequences were always great. The fight sequences were great. And when we were, when we were watching it, because Kylie and I actually watched this together, uh, which I wasn't expecting to happen, but we're watching it. And in that first sequence you know uh when sub-zero first shows up and you know that hanzo is away uh you know i'm sitting there watching and i'm just sitting next to him here oh and like (laughs) kylie's like audibly reacting to it and i look over at her and i'm like you're kind of into this movie and she was like Honestly, it's pretty good. <laughs> I was really surprised. She liked it a lot. The fact wow. that she liked it at all surprised me, and the fact that she liked it as much as she did definitely surprised me. But, I mean, I've the last few days or whatever since this movie has come out have been interesting for me because a lot of people that I know have, you know, I've talked to you like, oh, have you seen it? Or, oh, I'm about to see it. Or, oh, I want to see it. And just any time I've talked to anybody about it, whether they're telling me that they just watched it or that they're about to start it or asking me if I've seen it, it's always like whatever that question or entrance into the conversation looks like. And then 
but I, I've 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 heard a lot of people don't like it, or I've heard a lot of bad things about it, and that's it. And it's always, but it's always that someone I've talking I'm talking to has heard it from someone else that it's not good, or mm-hmm. that there's something negative. Never the person I'm talking to. I have not spoken to. Any, I, I spoke to one person today who said that they were disappointed there was no actual tournament in the film. <laughs> okay. And, other, and that, that, so, that, that's a fair critique. Yeah. Is, because I did feel like the ending, my only, my really only real critique with this movie, because, because I mean, you could pick it apart all day long yeah. and really fucking whatever if you wanted to, which I don't know why you would. But yeah, my one critique is that the ending is kind of tossed together fairly, kind of, it seems like it comes together super quickly and they're like, okay, we're going to do this movie over, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, going into it, I definitely did expect some kind of tournament to happen. And mm-hmm. so the fact that it didn't, didn't necessarily disappoint me, but I did find it odd. Um, so, so far that's the only thing I've heard bad about it. The thing that I, and I, I haven't really read, I haven't even really seen it. Like, cause at, at the time, Jeremy Pink Hat, uh, my friend Nathan, uh, you know, said something in like our group chat thing about like, oh, I'm watching Mortal Kombat. Has anyone seen it yet? I'm like ten minutes into it, and so far it's pretty sick. And Jeremy was like, uh, no, I really want to see it. I've heard that it's not. I've heard a lot of people don't like it, but I haven't read any of that. At the time that I was having that conversation. I had seen it already mm-hmm. and thought it was sick, and mm-hmm. Kylie liked it. I saw uh, Joaquin from 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 Isla Street mm-hmm. say something incredibly positive, like overwhelmingly positive about mm-hmm. it. Like it's got some kind of buzz, ba- basically, that- basically saying the movie was perfect, or you know something to yeah, that effect. Yeah. It's got some kind of buzz to it that you can't figure out. And I had seen one other person say something positive, and I'm like, wait, everyone I'm talking to is saying they've heard negative. Where? Who? What are they saying? Godzilla versus Kong. I don't. I don't understand. Like I haven't seen any of it myself. Yeah, well, but everybody I mean, else. I, and I find that strange. I do because what I find the strangest about it is that if you are a person going into watching this film and you have any fucking idea what Mortal Kombat is, sure, the game, yeah. and you go into it and you're like, oh, I really want a rich storyline here. The fuck is wrong with you? Like well, yeah, you are sure. setting yourself I think you up do for want failure. Characters like really, like, you know. Yeah, I, 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 but you want I don't caricatures. You want caricatures. No, I'm talking about is Sub Zero right? You, you know what I mean? Like if you've got some kind of allegiance to the game, we get that all the time. They they, they, they did Captain America. Oh, correct. You mean in terms of the look and the, right, the look, Sub Zero's power. The moves are they? But, that, but that's moves, all in yeah. fighting. That's not implied. But luckily, and they I don't crush have, those. I'm just saying. Luckily, I don't have any of that baggage. I, I, I don't care mm. about any of that because I'm not an uh, an admi- an admirer user of the yeah. game too much. Well, but, from but, I, but I think that's what it is. Is if the fighting sucks mm-hmm. in the film, it's a failure. If the fighting fucks. Then it succeeds, even if the storyline is not that good. And the fight scenes are inc- they're incredibly well done. They, are, they have some really over the top fatalities. They really are. Great. Like mm-hmm. when fucking Kung Lao surfs that girl's body into his hat, which is now a buzz saw, and yeah. splits her in half. That was into crazy. the camera, into the camera yeah. where you get to watch. The, and then Jax yeah. like smashes that guy's head with his fucking bionic arms. Like that shit was crazy too. And so the fact that they nailed all the fighting part, the undeniably most important part of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I will forgive whatever little, I don't know. Yeah. 
uh, plot holes maybe or like weak kind of plot points or yeah. like things that just kind of move the narrative like just let's let's move it along let's keep it going let's get into more fight scenes like that's what we're here for it's almost sure. like a fucking theme park ride you know you're there for the thrills and all like the excitement of it all and stuff and if it accomplishes that it did what it set out to do sure that, in my I, opinion that, no, no disagreement here i yeah. think it's just you you need to go in with open eyes and w- what i would say you know it's a film that appeals to a limited it's this isn't a family film this isn't a film that's going even just you for didn't the, take the girls to this no <laughs> this isn't a film that's just going for the typical action film audience even it's specifically for people who are fans of gore your action films and or video gaming and you know once you get into that realm you know that you know what you're getting and, yeah. and and this is this is pretty consistent with that and like in the last three or four months i played through the most recent mortal kombat oh, mortal kombat you? 11 i all did right. and the storyline is pretty cool like yeah. you know if you don't skip all the, if you're like willing to sit there with all the cutscenes and stuff like it's a good storyline mm-hmm and even then, like having so recently played this game, this like just two person fighting ar- arcade style game basically mm-hmm. is what it, it really is. Yeah. That does have a good storyline to it. I didn't go into it thinking like, oh man, I really hope that, you know, they, they keep, really draw yeah. into the mythology and like, well, and I was like, no, I hope that motherfuckers fight each other <laughs> and it's badass and that's well, it. <laughs> now, they, that said, they. It does seem like, from what I've heard from people who care, that they did a pretty good job following at least mm-hmm. some of what the storyline has been in the past. And it seems like they're very clearly setting it up to introduce one of the characters that's well-loved, right? What, what was it, the Johnny uh, Cage at the end? Yeah, the Johnny Cage. So, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see. It doesn't seem like it blew up the box office quite as much as Godzilla vs. Kong did. But... Um, a much more limited audience, I feel. Right. Well, I was going to, yeah, the, the, I, I totally understand that. I just wonder if it's done well enough that we're going to see the follow-up. And I don't know. It'll, the, it'll all depend on what I've seen. This dumb cinema place. is here to stay and on this sure. show. So I've got to come up with some kind of, I've come up with Joe's dumb cinema. <laughs> and the only two I want to grade tonight are the last two, Godzilla versus Kong. Well, the first, well, the first question is: Does it deserve to be on this grade? I don't think nobody does. Nobody doesn't even fit. It's close. But Godzilla versus Kong and uh, Mortal Kombat. I'm going to adjust these later when we get more data. I'm going to give Mortal Kombat on the dumb cinema scale a seven. Is a higher score better? Yes. It, okay. Yes. You want a ten? You want a ten? A ten would be Avatar. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, See, I thought he was going to say a 10 would be Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs versus Shaw. No, no, no. I'd give Hobbs versus Shaw on this new scale. Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw is better than Mortal Kombat. And Mortal Kombat is is better than Godzilla versus Kong. I'm giving Godzilla versus Kong a 5. Okay. That's fair. Also, I... Gotta write this down before I forget what I've done. (laughs) I think it's important to note... On Rotten Tomatoes, the critic rating, the tomato meter or whatever, has this as a splat or rotten or whatever they, uh-huh. word they use. But to the audience it. is It's 55%. Mm-hmm. Audience score, 87%. Yeah. Give me Kongs versus well, Godzilla. Go. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong is... What was it? 
85 for that was 55 to 87 okay 55 critic 87 percent audience score yeah godzilla vs kong not much different though it is certified fresh at 75 percent as the critic score the audience score is 91 percent <sighs> did better with both that's why i don't even go i don't like rotten tomatoes yeah i mean yeah. I, there's a certain amount of uh nuance that's lost in the critic reception and, and, and quantifying interpretation of positive negative review it's got problems yeah yeah, I mean, all all systems. It, it's, <laughs> we're, we're not going to perfect this. That's part of the fun. Yeah. What I'm going to say is I would reverse where, where you are probably on those. I think that I... Godzilla vs. Kong still superior to Mortal Kombat. Probably. <sighs> just, but, wow. but not by much. God, it's, I'm probably like... The a, scale and the cinematography definitely is better. Yeah, I just think those fight scenes between Godzilla and Kong are so much more fun. And that's one I wish I had seen on the big screen. 100%. More, that uh, Mortal Kombat was fine. And it, and it gave me those action jolts. And the, and the fight scenes were great. And, you know, there were some funny one-liners. So but, far, it's losing money. Yeah, but but I just I don't know. It didn't quite. Again, if I had a deeper affiliation with the franchise, maybe if it was something that I just. But um, yeah, I don't know. And and part of it, it too was the backdrop that we set for this, which we'll talk about in the second half. Yeah. I had watched the night before, and I had much different feelings. About okay, it. what do you all feel about this modest brewing number three in our killing Woo-hoo! of these? The fruit fruit tropolis, passion fruit, raspberry, pineapple. Double fruited, imperial, smoothie, sour. It is a doozy of a beer. I I drank it so fast, so much it threw it back so easily. In eight percent, and I'm already probably speaking in more broken English than I normally do. We always welcome that here, Carlos. What do you think? I think it's great. <laughs> so, so what you've mentioned, Carlos, a couple of times that. Real beer drinkers are going to give a shit because we're not drinking a real beer right now. We've talked about that mm-hmm. on the show. That mm-hmm. th- this is not a real beer because it doesn't have the four ingredients that make up a beer. Mm-hmm. Although <sighs> although it does have enough alcohol content to give me a little buzzy. We don't sure. drink seltzers often on the show. But I mean, as these trends kind of come and go into the beer landscape, I, I feel like we're comfortable doing this. I mean, yeah. and plus it's enjoyable. Plus Modus is making things that aren't. The smoothie sour, so we're they are they we're good are on all levels. They are a legit brewery. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're we're doing fine with the smoothie sours here, but we we understand there there is a diversity of opinions out there. I was happy though. This is a Let's note. Just try I, new shit. One of our loyal listeners <laughs> and a guest of the show, uh, twice uh, in the past, Doctor Anthony Zocalillo, um, got us. Uh, Gave us a shout out when he had a smoothie sour out at uh, one of our local establishments the other day, saying that Bam had been what uh, See, had taps? inspired him oh, to nice. get the uh, 903. He, uh, he had the. Uh, I want to try that one. It, he said he enjoyed it. Yeah. So, How could he not? Hey. He was probably crushing it at Geeks Who Drink. He, I don't believe he's made it back there yet. I, oh, I okay. asked him about that, but no, this was a more casual uh, quick in and okay. out. Probably, yeah. He was a stalwart. We made <laughs> jokes about the amount of words on the can, but the passion fruit, the raspberry, <laughs> the pineapple, I mean, it really is like a sour fruit salad Yeah, in a glass, but very, very sweet. Yummy, yummy. Uh, very delicious. I love the puree in there. I yeah. like, I, whenever we get the smoothie sours and they don't deliver like a thickness to them. I'm always disappointed this one does not do that at all. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get my hands on more of this. 
ASAP. Yeah, for sure. Where's yeah. It, is this local or no? You, sadly, okay. this this was one of those uh, unnamed the mail, beer services. But you know, the, the, we'll see. We're getting stuff like enough. this. We are getting lots of yeah. stuff yeah. here. We're, so, we're getting yeah. lots. Of, I mean, it is actually peak beer. I but think in the history of Corvus craft beer, I think we are currently. Well, I in think the mo- peak I think of a it. lot of places are in that right now. I have yeah. a feeling that all of our listeners, wherever they are, are seeing more options than they had. In the I past. think you can yeah. thank COVID for all of it too. By the way. In part, in yeah, part, maybe, Brewer, maybe. brewers that need to get their beer out more, and systems that were able to shift a little more quickly than they sure. might have to help those businesses. It's, yeah, that is that is possible. Uh, now, in the next half of the episode, we're going to, as always, have another beer. But we're also going to talk about a film that may be more highly regarded in the martial arts film category. We're going back. Uh, fuck, I should have done the math. What, 45 <laughs> years close, something like that? 47. Um, yeah. 47 years back uh, to a uh, what many consider to be one of the great martial arts films. Perhaps the great martial arts In the arts pantheon film. of martial arts films. When we return. None of you guys saw it coming this time. No, gotcha. You got us. I, you know, I, I attempted to rinse my glass during the break uh, because that smoothie sour that we just did was oh, so yeah. thick. I did not succeed in fully getting all of the puree <laughs> out. The so I'm gonna roll with it. But it, uh, you know, it's tough. Jesus, I, I would have needed like really a, peeling a, back a, the curtain here. Throughout the oh, ages, oh, oh, dragon's oh, milk has been used as a term to describe potent ales and elixirs worthy of celebration. And I, I could go on and on <laughs> from New Holland's slick as fuck Jack Black website. vibe you were giving off there. Yeah. 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 Oh, this is a bourbon barrel aged one too. Motherfucker. If you need beer porn, go to dragonsmilk.com where you'll find out. A lot of information about New and Holland Brewing. And if you need brewings. porn porn, go to xxxmilk.com. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Beer, I mean, that, that is one of the most heavily produced, and I'm not being like negative about it. Yeah. I mean, they put a lot of money and production into that website. I was blown away. Um, to drink Dragon's Milk, which Dragon's Milk, you said it, Carlos, bourbon barrel-aged stout, that their website lauds as America's number one selling bourbon-aged stout. We're number one, baby. Yeah, interesting. So, I mean, this has been around for years. This, this, yeah. I remember when this was something that we did not get distributed down here. New Holland are out of. You said it already. Where is it? Is it Pennsylvania? Where? Where are they? Oh, shit, I don't know. Um, I thought he said it. Holland, Michigan. Oh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Ooh. So, sorry to the great state of Michigan for misremembering that. Um, but th- I remember hearing about this and being like a beer. Oh, if you can get your hands on it, if you can get your hands on it. We didn't get it down here. I had never tried. And then it did come into our market, and I remember really enjoying it. But that was probably six or seven years ago now. Yeah. And it's not one that I've made it back to 
repeatedly since. I mean, I've, I definitely had it a few times early on when it came into the market, but there's been so much that's happened in terms of imperial stouts and barrel-aged stouts mm-hmm. and all that. I'm wondering if it's going to stand up. Well, there's a lot of For words. Me. There's a lot of words there, David. I mean, let's break it down. A stout, of mm-hmm. course, is roasted malt or roasted barley when you're brewing a uh, less hoppy beer. Imperial, that just means it's brewed with an extra dose of grains and hops to produce that higher ABV. Mm-hmm. And barrel-aged, I guess Goose Island really kind of led the way with that. Right. But uh, taking the used, spent wine, or in this case, bourbon barrels that they use mm-hmm. to age their bourbon, and putting the beer in there and aging it a little bit. And some people say, and most people agree, that you're getting new and subtle flavor notes and hits of different things after they come out of those barrels. Right, right. Once you pick the up some of the, the better, basically, some of the character the of the wood, it brings out these complexities, right? People will talk about how you get, you know, aspects, obviously the bourbon flavor itself, but the vanilla and the, uh, the smokiness that you'll sometimes get. So, right. you know, you'll get all those things, but it, it's just interesting because I do remember this coming at a time where, these were not as common, and I remember it feeling like, oh, wow, now there's going to be one of these on the shelf pretty regularly. That's pretty nice. Not just the once a year for right, Bourbon right. County. for Bourbon County. Well, New Holland says that you can find coffee and chocolate married with sweet, sweet undertones of vanilla and oak from a three-month stay in their barrels. So look for that while we that's enjoy a healthy, this. That's a healthy time in no, a beer. Dragon's you, milk. Right off the top, the nose does not hit me as much with bourbon as a typical bourbon barrel age thing does these days. I get a bit when, I mean, I get a, I, I mean, yeah, it's not super overpowering, but when I really get my nose in there, it's... It's not totally absent. Yeah. I'm just, it's not as bold or... Um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not coming across boozy at the very beginning. Right, and you know, I mean, we have enough the of lips. these nowadays that you pour some and it's just... Whoosh! Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. not that. You're right, this is not delivering that. Singes the nose hair. We have not gone out locally to try to find a beer ASAP in quite a while. But as things relax and more beer is finding its way to shelves, when we just considered what beer to pair with our movie this evening, Dragon immediately came to mind. We found it locally, yeah. picked it up. So it's readily available here in our small town. So or big small town or small big town. We can't figure out which one we are, but uh, it's It's probably available near you. So enjoy some dragons. Now, why dragon? So to to pair something with Mortal Kombat. I mean, all I knew going into it, because like I said, I hadn't seen the other films. It had been years since I had played the games. I knew the game was based on this fighting tournament kind of, uh, you know, concept. And at least the film and its description was. We mm-hmm. talked in the first half about how that doesn't quite prove true. It, they, they kind of end up foregoing the tournament <laughs> in, yeah. in the film. Um, but the thought was, well, what other tournament films are there? We even kicked around for a little while going back to the 80s. Bloodsport. And looking at some Jean-Claude Van Damme. Bloodsport, uh, which Bloodsport, uh, fucking spoiler alert, show, share, shares an actor... Uh, Young's, his last name was spelled S Z E. I don't, I don't know. Oh, dude. Uh, I don't know how to say that. Young's Zay. Young Zay. Why? Why am I, I so know. committed I to pronouncing the S? It's probably Zay. Uh, is the like main guy that Von Dumm has to fight in Bloodsport? Okay, and, and what he's is he? and he's Bolo and. Oh, in okay. Do you know what film we didn't discuss? 
What? Karate Kid. No, and that, we, you know, it just feels so different tonally than, than Mortal Kombat, but I get but it. But if you want a tournament. Maybe as different. As if you <laughs> want a tournament with precision level martial arts, you only, you can stop at Karate Kid. <laughs> the Jaden Smith version. Oh, what are you talking about? Mm. It didn't exist. <laughs> it does exist. And I do admire his, uh. Uh, mm. His work ethic on the set of that. Oh, uh, Jackie Chan's in that movie Jackie and Chan appears briefly in the movie we're going to discuss tonight. So, yeah, we, we decided, we Wait, decided on, to go back even further. You didn't check your messages. <laughs> to, <laughs> You're right, I didn't. Uh, see a Bruce Lee film, uh, Enter the Dragon, his final film, right? Uh, his and, final and complete film. His yeah. final complete film. Uh, and a film that has sort of been widely. Uh, celebrated as being one of the great, if not the greatest, martial arts film of all time. And certainly in, in his career. Yes. Yeah. People like Enter the Dragon. People do. I mean, there, there's Those plenty people are who like... wrong. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Coming out hot. Whoa. That's, that's a... I smell nothing but whiskey on the nose bold, of this take. Bold take right off the bat. All wow. right, well, hold on. Let's synopsize this thing. <laughs> if anyone wants to try... And put it into a little bit of context. Uh, I did a... Since it came out in 73? Yes. Yes. My ninja phase was 8th, ninth grade. And that's when I would have seen the cassette of this Return of the Dragon. You know, I mean, I, I watched several Bruce Lee films mm-hmm. back then. I left them behind. I was watching this movie for the first time tonight, but you know, not tonight. When I watched it, yeah, it was as if I was watching it for the first time. Although I do remember being scintillated by the overt nudity, female mm-hmm. nudity, back mm-hmm. in eighth, ninth grade. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and at, at, in a pre-internet era, especially, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, like let's let's. I mean, if you look at like the like heyday of like the sex comedy and like sure, in the 80s sure. or whatever or even into the late 90s obviously like the reason that those things were so big hard, and so profitable was pre-internet yeah, you know now n- nobody's gonna put that in a movie because who fucking cares that's right i want to see robots fighting don't don't show me yes i want to see boobies. monsters fighting i want to yeah, see robots human fighting. anatomy okay, so let's do that. this real that's quick right. bruce lee uh is playing the character lee right is makes it easy to remember uh is what a feat of screenwriting Offered the idea of going undercover into a fighting tournament. Fighting tournament where the purveyor of that tournament is believed to be running pr- prostitution, gambling, and other nefarious means out of his general house. evil yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Han. General bad. Dude. Han. So he uh, does all along the way. I guess he picks up a cast of merry men, including John Saxon, other combatants in yes. this tournament, a yes. beer and a movie alumni. John Saxon has got the worst what appears to be comb over in this in film the entire time. The where his part is mm-hmm. is the only thing I can look at whenever he's on the screen. Huh. It didn't strike me in that yeah, way. What, what because struck the close ups of his face while he's kicking ass was a little bit uh, distracting. What, what struck me the most about him was how handsome he is. Yeah, he's <laughs> yes, well, he's soap well, opera well, handsome. Well, because the only time I've really not seen him in otherwise, Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, that, the that, so that's why it struck me was yeah. because when. 
and that's only seven, eight years later, no. depending on well, when this was filmed. Nineteen like eighty. Ten years. Oh wait, was or is no, it eighty two? No, no, no. no, you're thinking I, I th- of uh, Elm Street is like 82, 82, 83, 83, right? Oh, Okay, then yeah. it is like a full. I, th- I thought it was less, but than still. That. But, I mean, but a young, ten years he goes him, from. See right to here, he's like at the end of his like most handsome era of his yeah. life, probably. Because yeah, this is, then, I've seen him in two films: Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. where he plays the dad, and then this film, and I was like, man, look at a young John Saxon. What a handsome dude. Now Lee decides to go. I don't. Not even that young. I think he was like forty. Yeah. I don't believe, just by looking at him, I don't see him and think like, yeah, clear martial artist. Right. (laughs) Um, Now, Lee has got stakes in this because it turns out that Han, the man that's running the tournament and potential prostitution, drug Mm -hmm. trafficking, etc. On his own private island should be mentioned. Him and his goons attacked Lee's sister Mm -hmm. who committed suicide with a huge shard of glass rather than be violated by her assailants. Yeah. So he's got, you know, he's got skin in the personal game. stake, right? Yeah. And when he gets there, they find a 007 style mad genius, complete with stroking a white cat. I mean, you know, Han, yes, and and a he's a Bond villain, yes, esque, yeah, and right. all kinds of nighttime shenanigans of karate. Uh, martial arts uh, and while massage. there's a tournament going on that and massage yeah, and, and massage and dart throwing precision Be- dart throwing because Han doesn't want the participants in the tournament to leave the castle Cobra or the wrangling. palace sorry. yes if right. you leave the palace you'll find out that I'm up to no good yeah. so so I'm going to distract you strange melange of a kung fu film that were very popular coming out the TV series was coming out right at the same time this was you're talking you about know, Green Hornet um, where he plays Kano. No, I'm talking no, about Kung that Fu. That was a few years before. He's, that, oh, Kung Fu. Was right. I mean, America was going through a Kung Fu craze, and Bruce Lee led the way. Yeah. And and yeah, so the film is him <laughs> to tie it up. Mm-hmm. He's entering the thing under the guise of trying right. to investigate because he's been recruited by a secret agency or whatever. So right. he's trying to get. Because the guy who hires him at one point says, We know everything, we can prove nothing. So his job is to gather actual physical evidence. Right. That's his main objective. Um, and then you've got Jim Kelly in there who, drip God, the fits are on point when he gets <laughs> off that fucking boat into the thing and <laughs> the afro's looking real nice. It He's is. pulling the sideburns off. He's fucking badass. And he, he made some other great films too. He's worth checking out in terms of that whole blaxploitation uh, and martial arts. I mean... Yeah, what was it? Three the Hard Way? Three the Hard Way is great. Yeah. yeah. Definitely worth checking um, out. Yeah, and so, that, and, so that's, and so that's the whole film. That's what it's about. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty simple plot. You know, you got your evil villain who yeah. needs to be stopped. You got your... Uh, fighter who's kind of recruited into I mean he's not necessarily a fighter it's never defined what it is that he was doing before other than he was a student or or a At the disciple temple. of yeah. the Shaolin yeah. temple which right. Han had been to so there's another right. connection there he had to, yeah. his second Han, stake is to go right the wrong right the like temple. The, that Han the temple has birthed this bad pupil yeah. yes yeah, okay. so fighting sequences <laughs> there are and there's absolutely nothing else worth watching in this movie this movie is this movie so made a billion bo- dollars adjusted for inflation yes, when it I, came I, out i'm aware of this that's and amazing it is amazing because it was made for eight hundred thousand dollars and it made 350 million dollars in, in in its time terms money right. wise mm-hmm. i was watching this movie and the tournament starts right mm-hmm. it just kind of starts yeah 
and there's no real structure to the tournament. The tournament itself has virtually no stakes whatsoever, which well, I we f- never see brackets or anything. They're never telling no. us. And there's, and who are all these random fucking people? There's a couple of motherfuckers that are just randomly in yellow outfits versus white. And like yeah. the fact that the tournament itself is basically an afterthought, I have a great deal of issue with, uh, <laughs> and, and, but, but look, the tournament starts, right. And, Jim Kelly starts fighting this guy. And when that happened, I was like, wait, wait, hold on. What? The tournament started? And I looked and I, I was like, I'm, I must have missed something. And so I paused it. I went to the Wikipedia page to read the plot synopsis. And I was, my goal was I'm going to read until, uh, until where I, mm-hmm. you know, start seeing stuff I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. The entire first fucking hour of this movie is one paragraph. Mm-hmm. They spend an hour on plot that amounts to one paragraph of the entire plot. Sure. Fuck you. <laughs> like this movie is an hour and 45 minutes and you spend an hour. Well, you're on angry. You're nothing? angry. You're angry at the Wikipedia. On nothing. No, summarizes. because I, cause I was watching the whole thing. Like I, you know, I watched the movie and the reason why I went back and looked at it was I was like, wait, hold on. The tournament started. Did I miss something? Did something important happen in here somewhere? And then I read it and I was like, oh no, I saw everything. This just makes no fucking sense that it just randomly started all of a sudden and there was no emphasis put on it. There was no like, they never built up the tournament to be anything other than just like, oh, there's a tournament that's happening there. That's your ruse. And it, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and then and then after that, like, there, there's, there are some good fight scenes, right? There's some good fight scenes. I, as I would be about anybody... Uh, who is so unanimously highly regarded as Bruce Lee? I'm suspicious of him. Uh, there's got to be it's some just that once upon there, a time in Hollywood. There's got to be skeletons has, has in totally his, tainted him for you and people of your generation. <laughs> there's got to be skeletons in his closet somewhere. Nobody's that squeaky clean and perfect. He's and, not. I mean, and he, and he's human. But and I'll tell you what this reminded me of, and not in a good way. It reminded me of Fast and the Furious, and I'll tell you why. In Fast and the Furious, Vin Diesel has a literal clause in his contract that states he cannot lose a fight on screen. It is part of his agreement with the studios and like part of the contract where he agrees to be in these films that he is not mm-hmm. to lose a fight on screen. And as a result of that... That's absol- protecting the fans. No, but as a result <laughs> of that, absolutely ludicrous things happen in the Fast and the Furious films to prevent Vin Diesel from losing, from losing a fight. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Lee l- wins all of his fights? And Bruce Lee in this movie not only seems like he has a similar clause in his contract, but he also seems to have a similar clause where he can almost not even be touched in any way, shape, or form. So the fact that... Well, except the- for the claw sequence... Okay, Th- I'm glad you brought it up because Bruce Lee is fighting a man who has full blown chef's knives mm-hmm. for hand for a hand, and he has minor scrapes. Yeah, that, that was that was <laughs> go, that was distracting. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, that, that like, would have done this, some damage. He's able to pull back. I mean, he this just, movie has such low stakes in every sense of the word at every single turn, with the exception of him. Uh, avenging his sister's death, which, which happens so early that it's like, okay, like this should, his fight, 
his, the main fight he had should have been with O'Hara, yeah. not with Han, because that's where the real emotion lies, and that's where the real conflict lies, and that's where the where the real motivation lies for the character of could Lee. Have, could have, and yeah. should have. Yeah. Instead, O'Hara is so easily dispatched. It's almost like a little footnote in the film that yeah. you just great, you just kind of oh. Uh, you know, it's like if you're on like a, you know, like a, a zoo tour or something and you see the giraffe up ahead and there's yeah. like some other little tiny animal. You're saying, oh, okay, little tiny animal. Whatever, we're going to go see the giraffe. It's bigger. And <laughs> so there's no real stakes to the film. There's the parts where they're not actually fighting are so boring. And then the parts where they are fighting are also boring because it's like, all right, Bruce Lee's going to win. Okay, cool. Let's go. Let's go. Mm-hmm. The, the the most interesting part of the film is John Saxon's fight because he's so kind of braggadocious, I guess, with Jim Kelly and mm-hmm. saying like, oh, yeah, you can put money on me or whatever. And he's just getting his ass whooped and seemingly is not very good at fighting and then rallies to kind of come right. back. That is the most interesting part of the film, and it's like five minutes. I will agree with you that the parts where they're not fighting are boring. I found myself... Hmm. bored in this movie often i enjoyed asleep multiple times and i was watching it in an appropriate time of day yeah i enjoyed however most if not all the fight scenes where bruce lee was the center of the action I, i did enjoy that and the first scene and i mentioned this in the first half of the episode the first scene of the film is him at the shaolin temple uh with the it's it's very beautifully in my opinion very beautifully you know, orchestrated with four different color keys on four different sides of a square or rectangular uh, battle area. That scene was very well done. And, and similarly to Bruce, Mortal Kombat, and starts Bruce off Lee, um, shirtless, where you see, I mean, this guy's not swole, but he's certainly ripped. I mean, like, mm-hmm. he, he's a... He's, he's dense. A, he's a thin-framed <laughs> individual, but I don't imagine he has an ounce of body fat on him, and his physique is so interesting if not impressive, that you believe he would be a superhero on, on screen. I mean, he's just so just cool looking, for lack of a better word. No, yeah. The shag haircut, the colors of the, of the observers. And then, you know, the style that they're presenting, which in, you know, you got to go back in, context is everything. 1973, before they invented cooler, more epic, kind of martial arts ability in film, you know, the way that's interpreted interpreted in film, this is the beginning. And when you watch those kinds of films, and David, you called it, many believe, are the, the best martial arts films of all time, this one for me, I did not find the redeeming parts that give it that superlative. Mm-hmm. I catched you. I caught you right when yeah, you were taking you, a that sip. Yeah, you, you can make a declarative. And then, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. If you, th- if you give it's me like a question, how, that's a lot of superlative. <laughs> it's like how it's like how it, anytime you're out eating that's at a funny. restaurant, not that we really do that that much anymore. The second you take a bite, the waitress comes over. Is everything okay? Exactly. Can I get yeah. you anything? And you're just yeah. like, well, David, I was trying to set you up to set us right because I know. Yeah, I just it, you played it's, a card or two. I think I know. Please. Well. I, to me, I think it's interesting. I mean, we all have the the things that we want to use as our criteria in any given viewing situation. Very I just true. talked about the criteria that I put up for Mortal Kombat, um, watching it, how it didn't quite live up to what, what I was ex- what I was hoping for, at least in some of its elements. Um, Enter the Dragon, I, I do find to be a very solid 
1970s kung fu action film. I think that if you, if you know, the, having seen it when I was younger, having uh, experienced it as this, like, oh, here's this legendary martial arts star who, you know, whose career ended well before his time. I mean, the early 90s was kind of this time where people were reflecting yeah. back on him. The, the dragon, the Bruce on Lee walls. story came out. Yeah. His son died, you know, this untimely death, kind of echoing his dad's right after he made the... So I feel like, you know, I was introduced to it at a time where it had this kind of lore to it. But even with that said, so I know there's some nostalgia baked into how I view this film sure. and, and what I get out of it. But... You know, to say that those sequences where there are fights are just outright boring, I think that's sad because <laughs> there's... Well, no, it is well, because no, I'm, I, it I, isn't a Flash film. It isn't a film about Flash. It's a film about these kind of like... There's like a certain kind of lived-in calm to certain 1970s films that I just appreciate when I see it. It's like, you know, I just see Warren Beatty and, you know, this kind of like pastel colored backdrop that just kind of, this film has that kind of feel to it where it's like seeing Jim Kelly hang out in this lounge with these women and mm-hmm. like, there's just something oh, very awesome like kinetically 1970s that it captures that to me are just, I mean, I wish I was seeing it on a big screen. That's all I can say is that I wish I was taking it in in, in its full grandeur. The fight scenes, I think, are just expertly choreographed. And to see it without a gun in the entire film, because Han has the rule that there are no guns on it, and his henchmen can't have it. He can't, nobody can have guns on it. Which makes sense because there's a fucking fist fight, you know? Like, and so anyone, like, he has the advantage over almost everyone on the island because the motherfucker can. But I love that that makes this film focus. There is, there's no gunshots in this movie. There's no, like, easy way out of fights other than crazy, you know, uh, aerial uh, maneuvers that people are able to do. But that's like a big part of Jackie Chan's whole thing. Yeah. And a lot of his movies, I just love the fight choreography. There's something great when you just see, and especially, like I said, when I'm watching a film like Mortal Kombat the next day and it's like, okay, well these people are pretty good, but honestly the way it's cut and the special effects going along with it, I'm not impressed by these the fights in the, the same way. They're fun to watch. The fight choreography but, and but Mortal then you Kombat watch is, Enter is, the Dragon, and you're like, these people had to nail. You hit that point right there, yeah. so that I can flip over to the back of you, and I can grab your arm, and then you can pull over. If well, they it, don't hit everything precisely mm-hmm. where they need to, the shots ruin. Nobody's gonna. They're not gonna be able to use it. Well, it's it's amazing to see. But let's give credit where credit is due. A lot of the people in Mortal Kombat are like legit fucking martial artists i i'm not saying they aren't i'm like the guy that plays sub-zero is like fucking the real deal sure but they act in a world where cgi plays such a significant role because he has to be icy especially well there you go that they can't (laughs) true those those actors are not even allowed to do the work that they could possibly do yeah he, he could probably do more it's wonderful to see a film that's so exclusively focused on that you know, the 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 plot is like this paper thin James Bond kind of ripoff. Yeah. But at that level, it's like okay, but I'm there for Bond films, and they're no better. I mean, it it all boils down to what you go in expecting. And to me, for something that kind of has that again captures the era perfectly. It does. The fight do that. choreography is fun. I just like seeing these guys show off. I mean, it's like seeing John Saxon, Jim Kelly. Bruce Lee, you know, some of the other fighters here, Bob Wall, like, you know, 
pull off what they do, although Bob Wall doesn't pull off a whole lot. He in that in that one demo sequence where he's really being badass, you get to see it. But then when it comes to his actual fight, that's one of the funniest words, just Bruce Lee just taking him apart. Has he had a Plato Hera? Yeah. Yeah, he gets his fucking ass <laughs> But it's like and can't even respond and I don't understand. Tried never, all the trickery and everything oh, he beautiful. tries and he still yeah. gets and look, I you know, saying that the fight sequences were boring is a slight over exaggeration because you were spot on about it. Everything regarding that, like they are incredibly well choreographed yeah. and they are at times, you know, interesting to watch. One thing that I will say mm-hmm. that, and, and, and actually like, I mean, by the time that I got to this point in the movie, I was like, I don't know that I give a shit enough about this movie to even speak a word on it. Mm-hmm. Like by this point, I was just like, mm-hmm. I do not care about this. And but the mirror sequence at the end, yeah. is fucking sick. Yeah, like, yeah. that yeah. is yeah. a yeah. really, really, really good use of like visual trickery and manipulation to eat, even though you can kind of see some of the seams of it, maybe a little bit. But, to, but generally disorienting. Generally yeah. disorienting for, and to put you, the audience, in like a very, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. kind of uncomfortable, off-balance state as you're yeah. watching this like final fight scene play out. The reason that I initially said boring is because that I really do want there to be some emotional kind of stakes in there. I want there to be some uncertainty. Like when you watch Jackie Chan movies, like a lot of... Jackie Chan's fight choreography is him being put in vulnerable situations and him having to be clever and creative to get out of those situations. And so it is those things that pin him more as like a kind of underdog caught in like a, you know, well, he's, I mean, Jackie Chan is like Bruce Lee meets Charlie Chaplin. There's, there's a, and it's mm, chef's kiss. Fucking brilliant. I don't disagree with that. Jackie Chan. And, and to me, but that's what I like more. Enter the dragon the greatest martial arts film of all time it's not i mean i understand where people go and i understand why and especially if and you critical are consensus once something gets named something it's hard for it to lose its well, name and, it, and it's and i think it, and is it has impo- a badass fucking name i think it is important no, to I recognize mean, the best his- kung fu film ever best sure. martial arts film ever once something's designated that it's hard for it to lose that right but uh, it sounds badass to say enter the dragon yeah. is the best enter the dragon's a badass fucking name it's a great name. I it's didn't intend on getting you off your point, though. No. It's it, not the best. You were saying it's not the best. I, I say, for me, it's not the best, but I understand how it has kept that reputation with some people, especially given the moment that it arrived in, yes. right? This was the apex yes. or like the first wave of martial arts films mm-hmm. hitting this kind of international audience. Mm-hmm. And, and this clearly was a financially huge part. Right, worked, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, and then we get Dolomite a couple years later. I, I don't have as like, a result. Well, yes, I, I was going to bring up Dolomite in the sense of you know <laughs> that it, it's also that it's badass. Yeah, but in but between the action sequences is some clunky, clunky action to get us from action sequence to action sequence, sure. and that's what I found here. I appreciate though that the audiences at the time were seeing something revolutionary. It's very progressive. The nudity. The, the drug yeah. use. I mean, it, it's, it's this, in 1973, to be, to make as much money as it did probably bothered the right, the religious right, the, the moral, you know, majority, because this film has a lot of, at the time, 
you know, violence and Which, sex but, the, and but then nudity. again, you know, you think like this is the era of Deep Throat, Pink Flamingos, like these films that are really how pushing these all, edges. Yeah, how can it work so in the mainstream? It was kind of, I at love, this point, a martial arts 70s, film man. could could afford yeah. to do that. Yeah. Because, okay, well, the religious right is too caught up with needing to, you know, talk Censor. about these films that yeah. are further out on yeah. the edge at this point yeah we can show you know women from the top uh down naked and we can show you top know down men or with, top up well either way they're top <laughs> the top is either off. way we don't see doing it, we right? don't see bottom we don't see bottom we don't no, see bottom no. uh, that would have been that, that would have been way too much it's probably why i like the film more but, but i was gonna say <laughs> no, that, I David, i'm not I gonna have. argue with you i appreciate the early 70s so so much mm-hmm. it was a great time this film comes with high expectations yeah. but what it really was was a small $800,000 at the time budget that hit big 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 because all the stars aligned as far as Bruce Lee stardom and everything <laughs> yeah. else so I can forgive that clunkiness but at the same time it, it did. I'm glad you said the it, word expectations. It didn't live up to the expectations of the greatest martial arts. Film I, well, of all time. Again, that was my issue. Yeah, I think. No, I think I that's. I, that. I built it. I was so excited. And I understand and I why. It's the greatest in that. I think again for the people who did, who caught it in that moment, mm-hmm. who were caught up in that wave yeah. of emotion around it. Sure. Who maybe were even in one of the subsequent waves, like I was, of Bruce Lee. Yeah. You know, posthumous works people, and you know. all of it together. So, I think it, it really is. It's about it being a Bruce Lee film. I mean, the fact that this film was, you know, directed by Robert Klaus. Yeah. Nobody cares. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Well, that's I, not true because you know, uh, Bruce Lee had directed, I think, the previous Dragon and then ha- it was much more creatively you know, involved in it and then handed the reins over so he could concentrate more on the stunt work, which he felt was the biggest audience draw. Right. But what I'm getting at is that people don't think I just wanted to show you off that I had researched a lot today. (laughs) Well, that's good. But I'm just, you know, nobody's thinking of Klaus as this, this important figure. And and he went on to make a lot of other fighting, a lot of other martial arts movie, but Mm -hmm. that's fine. Um, you know, or that Michael Allen was such a great screenwriter coming up with this brilliant story of this, uh, tournament fighting tournament on this private island so you know this isn't a great film in the sense that it was a film that took great storytelling and married it with these action sequences right it's a great film in the sense that it was a film that brought this style of fighting over to an american audience in a bigger way than it ever had before and titillated and, and excited to a global an audience, audience yeah, I should say. titillated and excited that american audience and kind of created yeah. this lore around yeah. it and, and its figure so i i get it i i understand the you know the criticisms you, you both have uh, of it but i found it to be a very enjoyable uh, film to rewatch, and i expect i'll watch it again at some point and, no i enjoyed myself like don't get me wrong uh, i wasn't as heavy whiskey on the nose of my take as carlos was <laughs> But was my take overall satisfactory, even if it didn't hit you with a big bunch of whiskey? By the way, we were drinking this New Holland Brewing <laughs> Dragon's Milk, bourbon barrel aged out, the number one it selling. Went down very easily. 11% ABV did, huh? For me. Yeah. Way too easily. I think I'm already done, and you guys still have considerable amounts to go. We still have considerable. I've been doing a lot of shit talking, so I haven't had as much, <laughs> uh, as much time to do it. To drink it, but it's. Do you think there's a correlation between the amount of time that one speaks and the speed within which their glass empties? 
<laughs> I know that if I'm talking less, then my mouth is not available to drink. And I know that at the end of most segments, you still have beer in your glass. Not, a, it, it, you know, actually what it actually what it is is the end of second segment. It's always second segments mm-hmm. where I, I always. That's I where know, you really a, get going. That's where you. We've hit. had some incredible imperial stouts on this show, and we've sure. had some incredible barrel aged imperial stouts and stouts on this show. This is the number one selling barrel aged stout in America, but it's still a craft brewery. Does it live up to that? All of those superlatives. I think this is a solid beer. I mean, oh, I mean the fact that uh, the fact that there is a barrel aged stout of this caliber that is just casually sitting on our shelves at all times is incredible. I think, like, this is great. It's great. It's great. <laughs> and that's and how you I can felt. just go that's get it at any time. Years ago. Right. I hope I say this properly. A beer this solid. And, and wait for the rest of it. Boring. In the age where the next generation of those barrel aid stouts are going to try to hit you with so many different things and angles and flavors, and they've just stayed true, I think, to what made this beer popular to begin with. And you go back to, much like Into the Dragon, you go back to mm-hmm. what you kind of know and trust and can enjoy without all of those bears, bells and whistles. But that said, there is the chocolate. There is the coffee. Yeah. This is a very delicious, very easy to drink. You're right. 11% ABV barrel-aged stout. And I expect that this will kind of go into a shelfy rotation in my refrigerator. Well, the, now that I've just been re- reawakened even the, to Even it. though summer's coming? I yeah. know how you feel oh, about oh, stouts in the summertime. My palate post-COVID is 100% different pre-COVID. Mm. It is so <laughs> huh. different. It really just open the floodgates, anything at any time. Fucking well, maybe no, it's, I, think, I, I, I want options and I want yeah. choices at all times. Yeah. Um, I, this is a great one to revisit. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I, I think there are some things that are different about it than our current wave or the current status yeah. of, uh, of Imperial Stout, Barrel Age Imperial Stouts. Like it's less chewy. It's, it's less um, thick in, in the mouthfeel. Which is interesting because oftentimes I'll think of that as a, um, you know, as a failing of of one of these beers, like a, especially when we get into like the dessert stout realm, which mm-hmm. we we're not quite with this, um, but I don't hear, and part of that is because the flavor is just so solid, like it is yeah. just a really good base stout mm-hmm. flavor, that kind of rich roasty chocolatey, like you were saying, um, the barrel adds just enough. You, you can taste it. It's there. It wasn't hitting me over the head with it on the nose. It wasn't boozy. It isn't heat. It isn't hot. But like you say, it's amazing that this thing packs 11% because it does not drink like one of those 10, 12, 13% beers that we're having nowadays that you know you're chewing it as it's going right. down. This is much easier to drink. Um, and it's great to know that it's still out there and it's this consistent. Yeah. And look, an easy to drink eleven percenter. Sign me up. <laughs> Summertime's well, coming, folks. Hey, gonna, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to mow the yard. I'm going to start working on my herb garden. Yeah. And in the midst of it, I'm going to crack one of these open, and like I'm in a commercial, just 
<laughs> shirtless. Me, just start I'm gonna gargling. hit the beach. I'm gonna have a cooler just filled with, uh, you know, dragon. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it back. Shotgun. Put up a volleyball net. <laughs> that sounds so wrong for the beach. Hey, let's let's go out to the beach, get all sandy, and I'm gonna treat y'all to some dragon's milks. No, that's you want those in an ice storm. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that would be a good time for that. Yeah, sure. We ask uh, you yet again: Have you tried anything from Modest Brewing? Yeah. Have you had Dragon's Milk? Is this in your regular rotation? Because you can probably get it wherever you are. And have you seen the new Mortal Kombat? Are you one of these mysterious people that I've never met or have seen anywhere on the internet that says it wasn't good? Despite <laughs> everyone that I've talked to personally has loved it, including not loved it but liked it everyone in this room uh and what where do you think entered the dragon sits in the pantheon of martial arts films please let us know you can connect with us on all of your favorite social media channels twitter.com slash beer and movie show instagram at beer and a movie facebook.com slash beer and movie tx beer and movie podcast.com and as you heard us talk about at the top of the episode we are going to be getting into it what is it everything in the <laughs> patreon after hours bonus episode i, I want to get into the butt but <laughs> i don't know what that means uh five dollars a month gets you a free bonus episode david knows a free I I, why do i and if say you were that? a real why go-go fan do you I would know say that uh you threw me for a curveball i don't know what that meant when you we'll just figure said it job. out in the after uh, hours but the after hours five dollars a month gets you a bonus episode every single week to accompany the main free episode that you get already. So if you need more beer and a movie in your life, if you need more scalding hot takes with a really heavy boozy whiskey nose on them, you know where to find us. Uh, You can donate less if you'd like, but you won't get that bonus episode every week. You can donate more if you'd like uh, to really flex on us. And uh, you still get all that wonderful bonus content. And I say it every week, but I just feel like I need to let you guys know, really drive it home, that in the after hours is not just movies. It's not just beer. It is everything. Uh, we're going to talk about some more TV this week because I have a lot to discuss mm-hmm. in that uh, right. category as well. Um, so make sure to connect with us there. Until next week. My style? You can call it the art of fighting without fighting. Thank you.